Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at Eurograps EXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Rubs. I am Jeff Hawkins, along with his muffins, his lime spindrift. Chris is old, he's injured, and he works with children. <laughs> Chris Novembrino. Hi, Chris. Hello, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Every day we get closer and closer to that CM Punk promo of only a year ago being resonant and salient oh I feel it oh you have no idea because you have not been following the drama on social media we'll be getting to that in a moment but first attention must be paid rest in peace superstar billy graham passing away on wednesday it was announced a little bit awkwardly on aew dynamite as well but at the age of 79 um i'm going to be honest Billy Graham's heyday in the seventies way before my time, but his legacy is all over 1980s wrestling. If you liked Hulk Hogan, if you liked Jesse Ventura, heck, if you liked Paul Ellering in mid South, if you liked Austin idol in any ways, you liked superstar Billy Graham, uh, Graham taking on the name Billy Graham after the famous televangelist. Um, he was uh he he was uh, hired to work in in California after being a bodybuilder and uh became part of the Graham family uh kayfabe there and chose the name Billy Graham and also this is something I did not know it's on the internet so it must be true that part of the reason he was one of the first people to use the term brother in promos because that's how they spoke at revivals so <laughs> All the things I love about bad 80s promos, the the daddies from the 70s and the brothers from the 70s as well now, um, a tribute to Billy Graham a little bit. Uh, Dusty Rhodes took a lot from him. Ric Flair took a lot from him. Uh, Triple H said he was one of the reasons he got into professional wrestling, of course. Triple H, also a bodybuilder turned wrestler. Um, I saw him on the decline when I was first starting my wrestling journey. Um, he was in Crockett as part of Paul Jones army. And he had already gone through kind of the karate thing that, that everybody watched before. And, you know, and then eventually he turned and he had a terrible match at start. He had a match at Stark 883 against Wahoo. that didn't last very long. And then in 84, he had a 
you know, his, his patented arm wrestling match against the Barbarian and then a very terrible wrestling match against the Barbarian. Um, I've made fun of this on the show before, but it felt like he was dying for 30 years. Uh, and that's just due to all the steroid use and everything, but also just the pleas for, hey, I need a new kidney. I need this. Uh, but um, I will not do him justice, uh, but he is definitely a, a, a legacy wrestler that you should seek out a little bit. Uh, Peacock has a best of on there right now that I think I'm going to watch over the weekend. I don't think Dave Meltzer is going to have time for this week's observer, but if he does, it'll be great. But next week's observer, um, the obituary, Dave obviously loved Billy Graham and got into wrestling. I think partially due to Billy Graham. There are three guys that Dave Meltzer loved Billy Graham, uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Bruno. And, and, uh, and he, he obviously took it hard if you listen to today's wrestling observer radio, but, um, I'll say to you, Chris, do you have any, uh, any memories of Billy Graham? Chris? Jeff, sorry, you broke up there a little bit there, but oh. do I have any memories of Billy Graham? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's what I thought. I just wasn't sure if you were done asking the question. So, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Billy Graham matches growing up or anything like that. He was way before my time. But I was thinking about Billy Graham, and actually while you were doing an homage to him, I decided to Google it and because uh, it occurred to me that there's this character from the game Punch-Out and Super Punch-Out. No, Super oh. Macho Man. Oh, Super Macho Man, my fault. Yeah, Su- yeah, Su- yeah, 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 yeah. I always get yeah. those two mixed up. Yeah, Super Macho Man's basically kind of modeled after Billy Graham. I mean, yeah, the names are, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, mishmash of like Macho Man, Randy Savage and other things. But like the look of Super Macho Man's basically straight out of Billy Graham. He is yeah. the like archetypal 80s power guy heel sort of character and as you said yes like hogan took a lot of cues off of billy graham the 24 inch pythons directly from superstar billy graham um but graham's matches if uh memory serves were never really anything to write home about no no um but as a presence and as a see i'm always I'm always interested as to whether or not Billy Graham took a lot from Muhammad Ali or Muhammad Ali took a lot from Billy Graham. And after uh, listening to David Day, I'm still not quite sure, but I think they probably judiciously shared with one another. But really, one of the first to do those types of promos was was Billy Graham. And I think that's his 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 enduring legacy in addition to the look was his, uh, to quote Dusty Rose, his rap daddy. You know, he'd come out, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the tower of power, too sweet to be sour. Uh, the biggest arms that do the most harms, the, the, you know, all, all, all the rhymes uh, from the seventies and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, and, and my, he was around when I first started watching wrestling and crack and they went back to WWF to try and wrestle and his hip just wouldn't go for him. And he was, he was managing Morocco for a while, which is an interesting combination when you think about it. Uh, especially given that both really got on the juice hard at, at one time. But um, 
you know, as, as, as a, as a personality, definitely one that was liberally stolen from as, as the years went on as a wrestler, you know, if, if I told you to go back and watch his matches, I, I think in a modern, like what would a, be the match to watch? Uh, there were some Madison square garden matches. I think probably one against Bruno. Um, I, I think I look, I, I couldn't tell you his catalog right off the hand. I just know I've no, watched I, I, I know I'm just, I, I right. I've seen footage of him and I've been like, eh, it, it, it's I've seen enough of Billy Graham to never be intrigued in seeing more Billy Graham matches. And I've saw I've seen a lot of his promos. He's definitely a presence on the microphone. She yes. said, yeah, his matches were really just there. Right. In other news. Up front this week for Warner Brothers Discovery, where it was announced officially that on Saturday night, starting on, oh God, I'm getting the date. No, yeah, it's June 17th. Two hours live on Saturday, AEW Collision. Included on this roster, Thunder Rosa, Andrade El Idolo, Miro, FTR in the promotional materials, Hobbs in the promotional materials. Missing one CM Punk, who was apparently the night before taken out of all promotional materials, although one accidentally leaked out there. Reported by Fightful on Wednesday that uh, there had been an issue and it possibly revolved around a steal. Chris Jericho suggesting that possibly a steal be brought back on. Now it gets more interesting. Um, Apparently, Brian Alvarez then tweets, yes, there's something definitely to this punk stuff. Punk starts tweeting out, on, or not tweeting, on Instagramming stories with Dr. Manhattan sitting on Mars saying how sick he is of all this, and then starts going in on Brian Alvarez over a beef from 2006 about him dating Maria Canellis. <laughs> it gets better. Today, Fightful Select reporting, Ace Steel has actually been employed by AEW, for a few months now, quote unquote, as part of the creative team, but is not on the road, so as not to upset anybody in the locker room. But he does, uh, he he is contributing to the creative team. Chris, this whole thing's a mess and just so much drama. Now nobody know really knows what what his status is. Is he pulling a Dax here? And everybody's trying to work a little so that when he shows up, oh my god, it's a surprise! Look at that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to quote uh, gonna quote my uh, improv partner and friend Brian O'Connell, former guest of the show. I want to get his wording exactly correct. I saw earlier, and Jeff, I am so tired of a man who refuses to be happy with money, fame, a great wife, and an awesome dog. So very tired. And I can't say I disagree with him. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, I... I'm baffled how a steel is still employed by the company in the wake of all the reporting around what happened in the locker room. It just, it seems impossible to keep him under employ. I agree. I am. I am shocked here at reporting from, I know Sean Rossap has sources and I know he talks to a lot of people. But on Wednesday, the locker room is all a buzz about it, about it, and and the possibility that oh, 
that that that, that the sticking point here is is a steal and Chris Jericho, you know, uh, you know, was 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 supposedly you know saying, hey, you know what, we should bring him on as, as solidarity, and he can be over there working with Punk, and we'll be over here, you know, working on Dynamite, and we'll all be happy campers. And then the next day, it comes out. Oh, by the way, he's already been employed for the past few months. That just blows my damn mind. <laughs> it blows my mind. Mostly it makes because... you wonder how much of that was news to people working inside the yes, company. Yes, it uh, is. How you know? It, Tony must run a tight ship when it comes to Tony. That that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I hope he's not working the boys. I really hope he's not. Uh, but yeah, I. I tend to think Collision needs CM Punk. Look, th- this show on Saturday is going to get hammered. I don't understand why they need it to be live, but I get it because everybody goes, oh, live contact, that's it. But they're going to be going up against college football. They're going to be going up against the UFC almost every week. And this isn't the 1980s where there was absolutely nothing going on in the corridor between D.C. and Atlanta on Saturday afternoons around five or six o'clock p.m. Oh, it's just a different cable is supermarket, right? Yes. I I was looking at ratings uh, actually for uh, the major news networks this week, and they're down across the board. And and that that's just part of like a really long, like kind of like long five year arcing trend of just less viewership of television. Uh, it's it's really 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 hard to make something that breaks through, and but you know what does college football? <laughs> well, yeah, but like college football's college football, you know, like the you know football's football. Football always does good ratings. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, in, in our day and even like the last twenty years or so, it's really been because you can find a good college game at any time of day across a bevy of networks and it didn't used to be like that. Like I really didn't get into college football until I got into college, to be honest. Cause I mean, it was, it was on, but it was always like, you know, you'd have it on TBS and I didn't have a real rooting interest. And, you know, you, you'd find it occasionally on CBS and NBC where I lived, but I did also didn't have cable, but now with every, everybody has ESPN now and ESPN has three channels running four if you include like the ones just for the league because the leagues now have their own or the conferences now have their own channels where they show football games and they have games all day and through most of the night and heck you can turn on at 8 p.m pacific and go watch hawaii up until midnight if you want i mean it is on all day i I just i i'm i'm fascinated by this um also no numbers announced for any kind of new tv deal so the rumors Remain just that, the rumors. Uh, anything else on this? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Brian Danielson also, according to FIFO Select, will be part of the creative team for Collision. Good pickup, you think? Interesting. I, I don't I don't know that we've ever really gotten much of a flavor of what Danielson's sense of storytelling is. I kind of agree. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> Because he's probably had the opportunity to take more control of his storylines in like WWE. And it just like, eh, I just kind of want to have fun. You know, kind of want to, I just kind of want to do my time. 
have have a kind of a sheepish grin. We, we've never heard him as being necessarily a political animal, so to speak. Um, and and being you know creative. Uh, he's just not a big. He he's like stories in the match, but he's just not a big like stories guy. Like if like you that. watch, I, I watch. I have a documentary called uh, "Wrestling Road Diaries" that Cole Cabana did with him and Brian Danielson right as he got signed by WWE. And you, you don't really. I mean, you get the sense that Danielson loves wrestling and he loves teaching, but the creativity part and the and you know story building. And things like that, that just, I'll be, I'll be interested. Let's put it that way. It it just doesn't seem like it would necessarily be a strong suit where he's a big ideas guy, but you never know. You put guys in those roles and sometimes they just blossom. You know, you get a guy in a room with four or five other people and you're throwing around ideas and you, you get comfortable finally throw, being able to throw out junk. It's, it's like being in a writer's room almost, you know, you, once you're comfortable with the fact that you may give a spectacularly stupid pitch and you get more comfortable, you can become a genius in that room, uh, you know, by either helping somebody else's ideas or throwing out ideas for your own. So uh, I'll be interested in that. Gonna do it for our news section. Now the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watched, whatever comes to mind, Classic, new, what have you. I have watched a bevy of classic content, so I'll probably throw a little bit of that in mind. But, Chris, I'm going to give you first dibs on the Lazy River this week. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it was it was, it was, was quite the week uh, quite the week of wrestling, especially on the WWE side. So, uh, where, where to begin? I... Man, uh... The only good thing on NXT was the Creeds versus the Dyad. I would agree. It. That was about it. Like the Dyad's yeah. killing themselves, even though they don't want to be at that company anymore. I know. Um, I mean, and I'm glad they they do for for the Creeds because like it gives us a good match. Uh, Nathan Frazier, Dragon Lee, and Gnome Dar was cringe-inducing. It was it was absolutely atrocious. Supernova sessions, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh... I, I understand the trolling nature of the show. It was never my thing on NXT UK. I think you liked it more than I, I thought. Did. It was much better on NXT UK, but like that's also because Dar like Shaw Samuel too. Yeah, he had Shaw Samuel and a lot more creativity, like with what the segments are. <laughs> and <laughs> you still have you still have Nathan Frazier doing the John Oliver character. Yeah. Or whatever, like whatever it is that that's supposed to be. I'll give Noam Dar one thing. I I actually howled at the backstage segment with uh, Lash Legend. Lash Legend, and and I don't know her, the first name she's using, but she goes by Miss Jackson. <laughs> he, he very smoothly pulls out the outcast. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I know you're for real. Uh, he that <laughs> the interaction with him and Lash was great. Uh, the reference to Alicia Fox, um, yes. and, 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 and and also like maybe the subtle implication that Dar has a type, uh, and that Lash might be that his type. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I, I that at least cracks me up a little bit. Um, but outside of that, man, like what's to say about this? Like Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, 
Mello, it's they're not doing a good job presenting Mello as a champion, and they no. never do a good they never do a good job with babyface champions. Uh, and they had that issue with Breaker, like he's infinitely more interesting as a heel. Mello is infinitely more interesting as a heel, and and he's the, an underdog who gets beat up every week, right? And like <laughs> I don't, he gets beat up every week, and the like trick is like his buddy who's like supposed to be as heavy, but he's not even that useful, right? Like, there was a really good opportunity to sideline trick for several weeks in the build to this, you know, when you had Breaker have the feud with Mello, uh, or in the build to Breaker's match with Mello, um, where you have Breaker, you know, hospitalized trick or whatever after the match, but they didn't even go that far. And, and Trick's not helping Mello. He doesn't help Mello in build sympathy in any way. It's like not even like yes. they're they're not even like the, the New Age Outlaws or something like that. Where like, you know, if you beat up Billy or if you beat up Road Dog, then Billy Gunn would really have to fight on behalf of Road Dog or something like that. He, he's like, a cocky smack talking babyface who gets his ass beat. <laughs> Who's gonna get behind that? Like. And at the end of the day, Trick Williams' name is Trick. <laughs> like, there's just limits to how much of a baby face this guy can be. What, are you saying Cheap Trick weren't baby faces? Come on. I mean, Cheap Trick Williams? Uh, I, I, although, on, on my, I, have, I only have two bad quick notes on NXT. I go, I, I remain fascinated by Thea Hale thespian um after she lost that match just the the disappointed look on her face with <laughs> professor duke hudson and then of course jc jane licking roxanne perez's head mid-match i'm just like i like her i i hate this story with Gigi. no offense to Gigi, but it's just yeah i mean everything on here seems and th there was one match, I forgot what it was, but it was like almost like midway through the match, it felt like they just started going in slow motion so that they could get all the moves correct. And you're like almost watching a training film of wrestling. Was that, was that Stratton and Dolan? It might have been Stratton and Dolan, yeah. Yeah, like, because uh, I don't remember that one being very strong. I'm trying to, and I, I'm trying I thought to... it was a men's match, and I can't remember what it was. It might have actually been the dyad match for a very short time. Where it's like, okay, we have to slow this down because the creeds aren't quite up to it yet. Kind of a thing. But you no, know, I mean I enjoyed that match. I mean the creeds are always enjoyable, so but the but the but the angle building on here. <laughs> Especially your boy Von Wagner. <laughs> Every week he just gets better and better. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, okay. he stood he stood up for Mr. Stone this week. Characterization. Uh, I, I'll put over one good thing I really liked in uh, in WWE this week, and that was uh, the the announcement of Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa going after the tag titles. I thought that was really, really well done, especially the end where they dedicated to the greatest team in WWE history, Afa and Sika. I, I, look, I agree with most people that the Bloodline story is a little bit played, and I don't think it's as interesting once you get into the internal struggles between the four uh, Samoans in there, 
but Roman killed it on that promo. Absolutely killed it on that promo and makes this material rise above what it really is, in my opinion. And also Paul Heyman going around cutting deals with Imperium and with the Judgment Day and just being sneaky and conniving. I, I really like that too. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, I, I understand people's criticism, but I really liked the work that they did with the Bloodline this week. I actually generally agree with you on the SmackDown promo. I This act is long in the tooth. I will also agree with you on the Paul Heyman going and connecting other heel factions potentially to Roman in solo so that at some point the Usos can be turned on and they'll be turned on by like one of these heel factions who will be the new people aligned with Roman. Uh, It is certainly a way of getting the Usos out of this storyline and at least doing something different with them. But I I still think that some of the fundamental problems of the storyline remain yeah. Despite the mo- I, but like it, as you said, like Roman rises above weak material here, which you know is impressive and certainly as you know when you kind of sum up his career, the he does that routinely throughout this storyline. Um, he's doing it again this year here, but I'm still. I mean, I can applaud some of these moves but still not be interested in the slightest in this storyline. And that's where I'm at. Understood. Your turn, sir. Um, Let's continue, I guess, on Raw. Um, man, I'm trying to see, like, what is worth talking about on Raw? Not much. <laughs> not much. Not, no, I am just going, like, match by match and scanning through here and i'm like jeez louise I, I, i'll, I'll it, give you i'll throw out something and i'll ask you if, if was you there something mind. on raw you liked let me ask you that uh, there's stuff i found interesting like, i i find it interesting that both sammy and kevin are going to saudi arabia in addition to ali and that he, ali is going to be sacrificed to gunther in yes. saudi arabia no, I thought that was an interesting, interesting move. That is such a. <laughs> Although that just reeks of, where's Ali from? Screw it, we'll have him job in the Middle East. They did, <laughs> didn't they let him win in Chicago? So maybe they've got his hometown confused. Yes, they did. <laughs> so, um, I mean, dude, like. I guess the Seth Rollins. I can't even say the Seth Rollins promo was good. Like I'm like looking at like I'm like just rereading everything that was on this card. I'm like the Seth Rollins promo. He's still so hammy. I just yes. I don't get the point of this ostentatious character. And that sounds like a weird thing to say in the world of professional wrestling, but. <laughs> Seth Rollins manages to get me to do it. No, I, I, you know, if, if this was, see, between both him and Becky, it, it's like, I, I can't stand this man character, as I've said, because it, it, not because I don't like 
Becky being a badass. It's because I hate her promo style when she's the man, where she's really trying to, for lack of a better term, Conor McGregor it up, and 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 she starts talking faster and faster and faster and and let me tell you something, you know that that kind of thing, where where it's almost fake anger. But Seth Rollins is almost going out there and doing an instructional manual for all other WWE employees on how to survive in Vince McMahon's WWE. There's no rhyme or reason to him being hammy. He just wants to be eccentric and dre- and, and be a bad sketch comedian and dress in whatever clothes he finds at a thrift store. In he has a town signature laugh, as yes. all great characters do. Yes, the the snidely whiplash, evil mustache twirling laugh from the baby face. <laughs> he wants to be the Joker, I think. I, I honestly think, this think. Is more the Penguin. Well, <laughs> yes, the Burgess Meredith. <laughs> but but no, I mean, I think he wants to be the uh, the uh, the the uh, oh, what's I can't remember the actor's name for some reason. I blanked. Heath Ledger. Him. No, 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 no. The the Jared Joker Leto? to the film, the the adult version. Uh, Jared Leto. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, it wasn't Jared Leto. No, not Jared. No, the Jared Leto. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, thank you. Uh, no, the Jared Leto version is one that we should forget and never talk of it ever again. <laughs> Single worst characterizations ever. Just, just a guy who, and a guy actor who just did not get the character at all, given his instincts. But he used to like send like pig's heads to cast members as a joke because oh i'm getting in character look at me and you're just like dude just act just act you fool uh i'm i'll i'm gonna turn it over to um aew and it's something i'm still questioning even after doing a podcast on the show last night and that is what was the point of this entire jungle boy story uh last night i I thought the story going in to double or nothing would be four pillars all built up, all going in on hot wind streaks and any one of them could take the title from them. But it looks like they've kind of did a double turn last night with Sammy being a baby face in Austin and jungle boy. Well, I'll get to this and get, get to my logic in a moment, but jungle boy gets his gets beat down by rush roosh for 98% of this match grabs the tights for a win. What's going on guys. This is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice wrestling podcast network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy, And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy video smart E. 330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill 
in the toolbox. The UFE has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. How sympathetic are we making this jungle boy going in where he should be a babyface? It's obvious to me that they're they're going to turn him in the match. Or at least they're trying to make that obvious and they're now going to do a swerve where he doesn't turn and Sammy just reverts back to being a jerk. That's going to suck. But if you're going to turn Jungle Boy, you don't want to tip your hand. And to me, you kind of have to go against the grain of the story here. And if that was going to happen, you tell the story then that Darby had a relatively easy match in the tag match with against um, uh, uh, the former firm. Uh, I forget the other. Lee... Lee uh, uh, Big Bill and and Lee Moriarty, and Big yes. Bill's great. Big Bill's Big Bill should be the giant they push, not Wardlow or Hobbs. No offense to either of them; those two should be a tag team with a guy who can talk and just kill the tag team division. But Big Bill has personality, and Big Bill is pretty damn good as a giant, I think. But nevertheless, so they have an easy night. Sammy goes in there against Exodus, uh, or yeah, Exodus Prime. He also has an easy night. Thirty seconds, yes. And then Jungle Boy has to go in against a former ROH champion, gets the brakes beaten off of him. And if he's going to turn heel, I think he should have lost here. Oh, I'll go, I'll go the... another way. I think he should have, if he's going to turn heel, I think he should have cheated really early in the match and gotten a surprise win. Okay. I'll, I can take that too. Yeah, like two minutes into I, the I match, just he tip... hits Roosh with a low blow while like Jose, the assistant, is talking to the ref or something like that and rolls up Roosh. Oh, so you'd go even stronger into it. I yeah. was I was trying to make it more of a surprise <laughs> when he actually turns in the match because he's so bitter about how this whole thing's like, these guys had it easy all night long and you put me in there with this guy and good Lord, that match. Roosh gave that, gave him nothing. 
it was almost not selling for anything Jungle Boy was doing too. I mean, this was the Roosh we were worried about when he got signed. Um, but I, I, I just think if you're going to turn he- turn him heel, you make it more of a surprise in the course of the match as opposed to, oh, see, he grabbed the tights and still eked out the win, so he's starting to learn how to cheat. He's starting to learn what Max is telling him, all these other things. Well, the, my only thing is I want them to, if you're going to do it before the match, full commit to it. Don't make do it any make this, sense. Yeah, okay. yeah, just full commit to it because what I'm worried about is what you're talking about where they will have this moment where yeah, Jack Perry totally cheated to win here, and we never revisit it. Yeah, no, but, I'm like they get cold, they get cold. Too. Yeah, they get cold feet during the match. They go, oh, let's not turn Jungle Boy. Yeah, I, I just it, it was one of those things where it's like I think they kind of blew the storytelling. To be honest with you, I don't know. I, I I mean I don't know. I mean I think they they did a nice job including Christian last week. I think maybe yeah. that was actually a seek that was a nice little seed that now we can see into the second week here. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. No, I, I, my, my mind hasn't been made up. Cause I mean, I, I went full on. I was kind of mad at this whole thing. Cause I was just like, well, I thought, you know, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy should have been cocky heel this entire time as opposed to, well, I respect you type of a thing. While jungle boy was getting played up as, as one of two possibilities to win this with Darby. And then Darby started getting hot. They cooled him off. They absolutely, again, not to bring this up again, but, you know, killing Jack Perry with the, uh, you're part of that California clique that got signed because your daddy or whatever. I mean, it, it, this match is not hot going in. Let's put it that way. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, in particular, it's not hot going in. Because you do not think for a second that any of these three guys is going to win the title off right. of JF. Exactly. And absent that, and absent a credible threat to MJF's title reign ending, the only intrigue here would be will Jungle Boy turn heel? And that at this point, they've more or less done so much legwork in that direction that if they don't just complete that story it'll be unsatisfying but that's not going to be a big surprise either right uh your turn sir man uh do 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 we have hit a lot of aew at this point well, we only hit one thing uh, I, well have we oh i thought we did <laughs> no we, you talked about we hit, orange cassidy no, didn't I talk didn't. To, you talked. Well, I, I mentioned. I oh, mentioned the match. Yeah. I didn't talk about it. If you want to talk about it, go ahead. I mean, I don't. I don't need to break down the match at length. Um, right. <laughs> what do you think of this? As he gets beat down last week by Kyle Richards of of Aussie Open, and then he just challenges twenty other men <laughs> to a I, battle royal. I mean, I think this is funny. I think he loses the title here. Do you? Yes. I think that's the way to take it off of him, but I don't think yeah. he loses it. Oh, you think reason. he wins this? Uh, as like like the feel good moment, yeah. Most, but like, see, like they're gonna need a title change, and he also makes sense as a title challenger for MJF going forward here too. True, true. Uh, so I think this is this is the time to get the belt off of him. Um, now, now you finish with the four pillars, you need new challengers for MJF. True. Um, 
I liked, I mean, I liked the Jarrett, Dutt, Lethal, and, you know, Harwood and Cash Wheeler thing for what oh, it was. Oh, I, I adored this. Yeah. This, this I was adored. This, this is just cheap Memphis build right here. And look, I don't even mind Karen Jarrett, although it has me now thinking, who do they bring in on the other side to to uh, neutralize Karen Jarrett? That, that, yeah, like maybe what? Mama Briscoe. I don't know. I know, like, what would be, what's the, yeah, what's the polar opposite of Karen Jarrett? Who's available, and I, I can't think of anybody right offhand, but no, I, I, this, Maybe this Alundra was, Blaze? <laughs> I thought about that. That was, that was actually the one that I was, I, I was suggesting. Um, if she's not under contract, if, if, if her Legends contract, it won't, won't interfere with it. Um, I don't know how that, how that goes, but yeah, no, that, that one I could see. But yeah, no, this is just simple storytelling. Got got a beat down. Sotnum took a bump, which is kind of awesome. And then he gets mad and he rips his jacket and double choke slams Sotnum. I want to see more of Sotnum eventually, but yeah, and and I liked also the uh, the subtlety of of it looked like Jay Lethal wasn't completely in on whatever was about to go down right before it went down, because I think he's still very worried about Mark Briscoe. So mm. I like that too. Yeah, everything about this worked for me. I agree. I agree. No, I I I like this. Um, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm versus uh, Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. Like, I don't have a ton to say about this match. Some some nice bumps in the middle. I, the finish is I I don't know what it is about Ruby Soho, but I've just never really connected with her match style. Understood. I I thought Shida was great in this match. Yes, Sheeta was Sheeta was the standout in the match. Yeah, uh, she did. What was the spot she did from the top ropes to the outside? Uh, she kind of climbed over in the middle there and did a did a uh, cross body block. Yeah, yeah, like like that's like, like when I'm like closing my eyes, I, I can like sort of like revisualize that moment. She was definitely like the standout in this match for me. No, this this dynamite I thought was really really good. The the other thing that I thought was really really well, the strong, main I, event was 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 I thought well done. Yes, like, yeah, the fi- the finish to the main event was really a really good television finish. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I think I think my one kind of weakish spot was Ricky Starks. Oh God! Whoa. What what more can we say about Jay White and Ricky Starks? These two guys, I'm like the, this. The sum is less than the parts by like an order of magnitude. It feels like you know the, the crowd was hot and the crowd wanted Ricky Starks to win that match because hometown guy, you know, hometown babyface type thing. But I let's see, like like you and Ruby, Ricky Starks and I don't connect. At all, I, as a babyface, I love Ricky Starks as a heel. I think he's a phenomenal heel. And as a babyface, he is—he's very—and and and this is gonna come off as a as an insult, but I, I don't mean it as such. He's very NXT-ish as a babyface to me, because it doesn't move, poses, doesn't move, poses, poses, doesn't move. You know that that kind of thing. He always knows where the hard cam is. Cause he's always looking into it and smiling in some way. Um, and I, I, I didn't like the ending of that match. I just thought it was dumb. <laughs> I understand they're trying to protect Jay white. I Why though? Like then why are these guys having a feud? Yes. This is supposed to be Stark's rehab feud. Yes. 
But Unless it's they're going to beat him. Be a, yeah, they're going to oh, beat no. him. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, they're going to, even though they need strong baby faces right now. I mean, Jay White's – what is Jay White's ceiling is an interesting question uh, as well. Uh, a but, lot of people think he's a world champion material. I'm I'm not there yet. I I just I, I understand he's I, I a don't good see, wrestler. I don't see what the pathway yeah. is to there with MJF at the top of the company. Uh, Roddy Strong and Chris Jericho is awesome too. I liked that match. That I was did. fun. I I, I mean, and, I was and, not expecting to get into that match. I got into that match. I got a little frightened for Chris Jericho in that stairwell, but then I saw the ledge. I was like, oh, okay, there's a ledge there. Uh, yeah, and, and they they were smacking the crap out of each other. And that that was some – and even the Jay White-Ricky Starks match, they started just laying in those chops. I mean, it was a hard-hitting night at AEW Wrestling. It was a lot, a lot of fun, I thought. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see – See, they do this. Oh, and, oh, you know what I want to say? They, they, the usage of the Hangman like redebut with the Elite. That was a really good timing of that. I yes. Thought. Yeah, yes. I, I thought that they they waited for that. They kept their powder dry on that. They finally did it. It was good. It kind of questionable in terms of building to a match that's in like what, like two weeks or something like that. Well, they announced the Anarchy in the Arena match, and I thought that was a nice way to do that. But next week needs to be all hard sell, hard sell, hard sell. Right. And the only the only match I know that's announced for next week is is for some reason they're they're doing the the Lucha Brothers versus Blackpool Combat Club for the Ring of Honor Tag Championships. When when it's like, why are we? No, no, you can, you can defend the ring of honor tag championships anytime you like, but, but the hard sell on the go home show needs to be hard selling on the go home show for the pay-per-view. I just, I, it baffles me sometimes, Chris, the logic. I I would personally, I would fake out book that and just be like, Oh, it was supposed to be that. And then you have like, I don't know, the elite come out and basically. Yes. That's what's going to happen. I think, I think you're exactly right on that. Yeah. Um, So. I want to take an opportunity and and mention some historical stuff that I was watching this week. Uh, I had never seen Jim Cornette's debut in Memphis. And it's funny because he debuts at a time where both Jimmy Hart and James J. Dillon are managers in Memphis. And he's, he's been an in-ring photographer the whole time. And he comes in and he's doing, you know, he's, he's, he is being genuine here and he's playing it straight with Lance Russell and, and Jerry Lawler comes out and humiliates him. And it's an awesome villain origin story because then the next week Cornette comes out and he goes, I'm, you know, I'm very upset by, with what Jerry Lawler did to me. And I've marked him off my list of people. I want to, uh, I want to, uh, I want to manage. And he's, and he's watching a, it's fine. Cause when he debuts, he's watching a Bobby Eaton match of all things. <laughs> And of course later, but the next week he comes out, he, you know, he wants to sign Bill Dundee and Bill Dundee goes, Oh, I was your second choice. And then Dundee and Lawler both proceed to humiliate him again. I'm just like, this is such a great origin story for a heel and something else. I did not know the first person that Jim Cornette ever announced as managing was Sherry Martell. 
And I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting combo right there. Because this was when Sherry, of course, was still a full-time wrestler. But uh, awesome to see. And I also rewatched, just for giggles, that uh, that Battle Royal from Slamboree 98 where Dean, Mal- it's 25 years to the day today that uh, Dean Malenko dressed up as Cyclope, or C- Cyclope, get the get the word right there, Hawkins, to then fight Jericho at the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. And dude, the fu- when, when Jericho, this was when Jericho was making fun of the death of Malenko's father. The fire that Malenko has in his offense there. If he had had that every time, I mean, he just he could have been a killer babyface so often. But he was always playing the cool, calm, collective. And this crowd, this is still when WCW crowds were still able to pop for cruiserweights and stuff. This crowd went nuts for it. It was such a great moment. I, you know, I I I remember it, but you know, with so much current content, you you know, you rarely go back and watch a lot of old stuff unless you're me. You're tired of NXT, but man, that, that was such a, just, just watching him fire up like a baby and fire up the crowd. I I just go, God, Dean Malenko. So awesome in that program. Your turn, sir. Um, man, if you Uh, have anything, I'm trying to see if I've got anything else here. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that... Stunning audio. Uh, okay, well, let's yeah. just cut it off then. Yeah, let's cut it off. All right, you follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You follow Chris on Instagram. That's on Twitter. You can follow Chris on Instagram at d o c t o r underscore n o v. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Uh, I also do a show over on um, Fight Game Media, patreoncom slash media for five bucks a month. It's called the Dynamite Show. Myself and Paul Ace Fontaine thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly deconstruct. The night's dynamite. We go on the air about 15 minutes afterwards, or at least we record, and then it releases in about an hour after dynamite is over with. Uh, you can find that uh, once again at patreon.com slash fight game media. Chris uh, has other interests as well. He'd like to plug them now. Oh yeah. So I'll be doing a Jimi Hendrix summer camp this summer on June 17th. It'll be on that Friday, every Friday starting on June 17th. So like June 17th and then, seven days after that and then seven days after that and seven days after that if you're interested in attending uh hit me up on the instagram at dr underscore nov um and i also teach guitar lessons if you're interested in guitar lessons this summer hit me up uh we can get you set up with some guitar lessons see you next week kids Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. 
It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.